you're being a weirdo. Yep. Recording. It's the guy you're talking to is being a weirdo and recording. And recording, yeah. Don't say anything <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> Oh, All right, we'll we'll kick it off. Uh, this is our first official guest sit down. I'm not gonna say interview, um, in part because this is <laughs> one of my closest homies, but also as a former jur- journalism, uh, you know, minor major interview is a very specific term. So this this is not gonna be an interview, but it's a sit down. Um, I'm gonna let you do the introduction, but the, the it's got podcasts to promote former career that we could talk about but the homie nate collins is here former we are college football podcast we could talk nfl also but we we so former former uva i played a little little college yeah yeah former (laughs) former college football standout former professional player nfl canadian um i'll let you talk a little bit about your background but Nate is here with us on uh, SP and Ross. Unfortunately, Ross could not be here with us. I told you earlier, Ross, yeah. as you know, um, you guys can relate on the baby front. New, new, new fathers. Yeah. He's, he's he's been uh, a little bit, you know, at the one year mark. You guys are are getting there. Um, but happy to have you. Thank you for yeah for dropping by, sitting down. Appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. I'm excited that um I get to be your first guest. And yes, um. My name is Nate Collins. I played at Virginia for four years and then um, went on to the pros and played in the pros for four or five years with the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Bears. Also did um, a couple of years up in Canada with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Shout out to them. Unfortunately, they just lost the Great Cup I saw they were in the final. Yep. Yeah, but um, shout out to them. That was a, that was a good experience, getting a, getting a chance to do that. And then um, currently, I am a podcaster. I co-host for the Greenlight Pod with Chris Long, yes, with sir. Chris and Kyle Long. Um, we do a live Monday show, and then we do live watches on Sundays. You can catch us at Greenlight on all um, social media platforms. And then um, my own show with co-host Bo Allen, Facts in the King show, yes, every sir. Wednesday on all social media platforms. Go check yeah, those bro, out. Yeah, bro, like... Yeah, check them out. Um, share with a friend. But SP, man, appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. Nah, glad you could drop by. Everyone, go check Greenlight Pod, Facts and the King, great pods. If you guys like football, anybody who listens to our stuff, you'll definitely like their stuff. They are even more uh, giving you the X and O breakdowns, but they're also you know former player perspectives. They're going to give you the comedy. They're going to throw some curveballs in there. So it's a it's a great mix of you know, serious football breakdown for people who know the game, some laughs, uh, and then also you know, you guys watch it as fans too, right? So, like, to have yep. that balance of not always watching it from that player perspective, but also knowing kind of, oh, this is what it's felt like to be on that other side for all those years that y'all were playing, and this is how we felt just watching this, you know, watching this wild game, especially Sundays. Uh, but Saturdays too, like I, I've talked about on the, this pod, like, I really do like college football more than the NFL. I understand the NFL is better, uh, but there's just something about Saturdays to me. I I can relate to it a little bit more, right? Growing up, like aspiring to want to play that, playing at the D3 level, much lower than, you know, the big time that you watch, but just having the relatability of being on a campus, 
going to practice, still having to do school, playing on Saturdays. And I'd say as a D3 player, the difference between us and y'all is we did, no one comes to watch us when we're not on TV. But like similar schedules, bro, a lot of work. Come to a, if you would have came to a UVA game this year, bro. It, I'm sure there. I'm not even lying, bro. I'm sure nah, there's some three schools that had games some Texas that might have had more them. fans than us. Yeah, now that yeah. I mean, it's gotten to that point with, and we're definitely gonna talk. We could talk UVA a little bit, um, but I I wanted to hear from just kind of from your perspective of just thinking back to those days because I, I try to relate to, you know, relate it to people of it's the most kind of genuine you could feel about the game, even with the money and even with all the stuff, because to do it, like, you know, small percent of people go pro you're in that small percent, but most people who play aren't. And so to do it, you got to really love it. You got it. Cause it's so much work and only that small percent are going to get that big glory. And, you know, the rest of us just do it because grew up playing football, love the game, kind of the last time you're ever going to get to do it. And so I just wanted to hear from you, kind of just talk about, like, when you think back about that, maybe the difference between the pros and college, but just, like, what about college football to you is, like, that the fondest memory of the, you know, the best you feel when you think about that. It's just the transition from high school to college. I think that there's no – there's no feeling that like no better feeling that you get than running out of a college tunnel for the first time, because depending on what type of high school you went to. And if you're from like Texas or Florida, where you maybe play some big time, big time football, where like, whereas like I didn't come from that. So like being able to come out like and run out of a tunnel in a huge packed stadium and like, pyrotech show and yep. we have a we have the cavalier on the, the horse the man running comes out, out on the horse yep. yeah uh, like uh. and and doing that for the first time and me like not redshirting and knowing like hey like i have a chance to actually play and like i'm like i'm actually suiting up like like prepared to like get in a game yeah there was no there's no better feeling than that and it, it's just the fact that it's just a jump. Like when you're, when it, the goal is to make it to the pros, but you know, from high school, the next step is I have to do well in college. Right. Like it's not like basketball or some of these other sports where you can really, you can forego or even not have to think about college. And there's other options. Or basketball, like, you do it for a year, right? And yeah, you're just yeah, like, or a exactly. semester, whereas football, you're minimum three years in. Exactly. Something like you said too, like, for you to be successful, really successful, you have to like love the game and love the process. And no, no matter which way you want to put it, there's no easy, there's no easy road and it's no easy process. Like the the jump that you have to make going from high school football to like really competing and being like at the physical shape and mental shape to be like very, very like just very, very good in college football, it takes a lot. And a lot of it is dedication. A lot of it is, is mental stability. A lot of it is, um, a lot of it is coaching. And a lot of it is some of these other things too, but like the things that you can control on you, um, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot. Yeah. You said coaching. Um, I definitely want to circle back to coaching, but one thing also that meant the mental side of it. I remember two things. 
Um, for me, again, going D3 and being somebody who I, I play basketball and football, I am built like you know me. We played at the same place. We, we for background for folks, we went, me and Nate went to high school together through my freshman year, his sophomore year in Connecticut. So, like you said, size wise, maybe your Texas, your Florida's, your Georgia's, your Ohio's, some of these big football factory type areas. Um, when you see some of their stadiums and kind of that background, uh, it's not on par with, but some of them are as closely simulated to some yeah. know, college atmospheres, whereas we never played, uh, we played maybe one night game, uh, so just one stadium that had lights, and you're never talking about crowds that are exceeding a couple hundred, right, on a, yeah. good, on a good day. So... That that jump up again on the D one level definitely not you know something I can can relate to but I can even on a D three level relate to being the person who is like physically never going to be in that top tier of just what football players look like right like I just was never built in that way so the mental part of it for me was kind of the only shot i mean i'm not a bad athlete but there are elite level athletes at a football level to, to where it's like you're not going to out athlete them so my, yeah. my only shot was getting an edge on that mental side and that was yep. the biggest jump for me from high school to college was thankfully you know the, the football program i was at for the last year of my my high school years we there was watching film and learning that but that was a big thing, learning how to watch film, like adjusting to the mental side of the game. And I think that is probably what separates, you know, that 1% from – because everyone's athletic, everyone's good. But that mental side yeah. and that, that work ethic is really what separates, you know, that 1% that makes it to the next level, as you can attest to. Coaching is something that you said you – Went to UVA, like we said, you played under two different coaches, correct? No, no, one. no, uh, no. Was, you were yeah, out. I got out, of out right before the uh, Mike Mike London was. I the was one, right? Yeah, I was okay, Al Groves so just last Al Groves. four years. Okay, yep. so so from a coaching standpoint, being recruited by and then playing all four years by Al Grove, who is kind of the that last, like there are no more Al Grove types. I feel like, or he's like the last of that dying old school breed who you will get to coach here kind of I don't want to say as long as you want but kind of had a standard yeah it was gonna be yeah mad. have a chance have a chance to struggle have a chance to get it back yeah. coach well and yes. and yeah like you you don't see that like nowadays they're getting coaches the the f out of there quick out of there. they out don't the care thing. you see you you see these coaches getting fired for for 70 mil. 70 yeah, we talked to him. Uh, we could talk some of these specifics because, like, Zach Arnett was the, uh, or I think that's his name, the Mississippi State coach, fired after his first year. So you just talk about, like, and that's Mississippi State, which is like, I, we talk about this a lot. Some of these schools, you guys have some nerve with their expectations yeah. about, like, what no, you yeah. think you are versus what you actually are. What you definitely are. are, exactly. But, like, to go back to, like, what you were saying, like, I, I think coaching, um, was a huge factor in me, like, being ready for the next level. And I think the way I was coached with Al Grow, um, with him being an ex-NFL coach, I think right. 
that helped out immensely. Coach Grow, he used to say all the time in meetings, like, guys, like, there's a lot of things that you have to realize that your scholarship saved you guys, like, you, it saves you guys and it kind of coddles you in a way that the next step for some of you guys, if you want to make it to the league, like, it's going to be your job. So, like, when you come to do your job, like, yeah, like, you can maybe do your job bad once and you lose the company money. But mm -hmm. if you come in and you do a bad job twice, we got to find someone else. We got to find someone else to do that job that, that yeah. can do it right. And yeah. like he used to he used to put things in terms, just kind of getting you ready. Like if you were thinking about going to the next level of what it's going to be like. And I, I sometimes like when you first hear some of the some of the things that he's saying and analogies and like he would just come in to practice sometimes and say, guys, like. Like if I could, like I would cut some of you guys, and like and like the reason why I can't is because you're on scholarship and right. it saves you. And yep. you guys don't realize when you get to the next level, if you get to the next level, like you guys are gonna get fired. <laughs> like if you come in and we run a goal line play and it tells you to that you have this guy in the flat, don't crash down and fall for the fake. And you come in the next day and you fall for the fake twice in a row. Yo, like at the next level, you're getting cut off a team. There's guys mm -hmm. who get cut for less than that. Yep. And you at the time you process it and be like, damn, he's being a dick or he's being mean. And then when you get to the next level and you really realize when you're going through the camp stages of the NFL that guys are getting cut. If you get talked to in one meeting on one day and it's an emphasis on something and they coach you up on something, hey, don't run this play. You best believe the next time you get in, in the next day or so, they're going to run that play at you to see if you have listened. And if you didn't, they're getting you out of there. Yeah. <laughs> they're I getting mean, you out of there. It's it's a different level, obviously, at the pro level, like you said, when you take that next step up. But I think, and this is something, you know, it's a military-esque mind state that a lot yeah. of these football coaches and programs adopt. And so it's a thing that really military and then football players can relate to, particularly when we get out into the real world. And some yeah. of this, some of it is just like the idea of when you're at your workplace and like people yeah. not naturally being accountable for their mistakes or having to be told something twice or continuously making the same mistake or just having opinions when it's not really opinion time, just certain things that... Yeah you just like how you get talked to how mistakes are called out like how we're about to pause and run this playback four and five times your mistakes your mistakes <laughs> your mistakes like people yep. translating that into any other kind of facet of life uh, so many people are not prepared to handle like we're gonna watch Hell again no. again and again and again how yeah. you keep messing this up and yeah. you just gotta sit yeah. there and it, take it, it. it to be something like as much as it like you have to like as a good to be a good coach, you have to find a way to relate to your players. Whether it's it's a way that your players think it's positive or negative, at the end of the day, it has to end in the result that we all want, and that's you doing the right thing. And yeah. if that takes, like you said, you watching in front of your peers seven or eight times, and like me as a coach, like knowing, like yeah, this is making you a little embarrassed. The next time we run this play, you're gonna run through this who you're going to do your job and you're probably going to do it a little bit faster even if it's a fuck you at me to the coach sorry yeah. for cursing nah, even if fine. it's that okay not a, even, not a even if it's 
<laughs> okay, okay. Even <laughs> if it's for that reason of in the back of your head, like, F you, coach, like, you ain't going to do this to me anymore yeah. in, in meetings, then good. Like, if that's what it takes. And right. you have to realize that. And you as a player wanted to be good and be able to excel, you're going to have to realize realistically in life you're not going to have coaches that are typically or that are necessarily buddy buddy or they take a different route you, you might have some coaches that are going to motherfuck you you're going to have some coaches that are going to rub you the wrong way but with all those coaches who do that if you do the right thing those coaches they're they're they're, they're going to go to bat for you and 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 they're in the long run always going to appreciate you for that and that's how i feel with coach Grove. like to this day we just um we, we he does a yearly meeting yeah. Here in Charlottesville, that he comes back to see the doctors here for his checkup, and yep. he throws like a luncheon. And I've been there the last like um few years, and it, it's always cool. Like like just have that relationship like with him because he, yeah. he's a guy that he 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 knows he he's been around football, and he's probably forgotten way more football than like I can even think about like yeah. knowing or even being a part of, and and that's like sometimes crazy to think, but. It, it, it's a it, it's a huge plus um having that guy on my side he's i mean he's a football lifer that's something i know from you that luncheon that i you know just happen to have knowledge about and know because you know sometimes the team or whatever they'll put it up on the socials and it's something i see players f- from all those years back tend to go back and it's something that kind of speaks volumes about a coach and about a program when you're able to do that and obviously al Grip, you know he comes from a legendary coaching tree like you said, he has NFL experience. So I think that was something that when you look at, particularly your time there when you were there, so that's what, oh, six to nine? To 2010. To 10? Yeah. Is, um, you know, you guys constantly, NFL players are coming out at almost every position, which was also the other thing, right? O-line, D-line, yeah. linebackers, safeties, cornerbacks, receivers, everything except for, sadly, quarterback. Um, you uh, even wait, have, but, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, I, yeah, biscuit, that was, biscuit for a little bit. There was that was the Mike. Uh, that was the um, biscuit a little bit, but he played receiver mostly. But he was, um, yeah, yeah they, he switched to yeah. He's he ended up switching yeah, to receiver. Um, he's actually coaching at Penn State now. Yeah, I did. I did see that. So they're having a yeah, you know, yeah. shout out to year. shout out to biscuit. I, I probably said, but yeah, we we had a lot of guys. Yeah, you, you're 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 absolutely right. Um, we had a lot of guys who went because Kurt Banker quarterbacks came after. Not mm-hmm. gonna lie. Um, mm-hmm. we've we have a few Kurt Banker. He was um, I might be saying his last name wrong. My bad, Kurt. But um, he played in the league. He was on Green Bay. He backed up Aaron Rodgers for a little bit. Um and then um Bryce Hall we still yep. had last time his rivalry okay. week last last time we beat Virginia Tech Bryce Hall he was playing quarterback Perkins right and Bryce Perkins I mean oh yeah, Bryce, Bryce, Perkins. Bryce Perkins Jesus yeah I, 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 that was <laughs> the last time yes yeah. and it is Virginia Tech uh, Virginia week it is funny story week this week funny story me and my girl we went to the the Virginia bookstore um and it was probably the last time I've been in the bookstore was like when I went to school here mm-hmm. and we wanted to get some gear for for our daughter and you know like one of the workers who definitely has been working in a bookstore like since I've been in school, like she's seen me and she knew she recognized me like from when I went to school, yeah. but like she made a huge scene. And then like, she called over work, like one of her other workers and was like, look who it is. And she, she thought, she thought I was Bryce Perkins. So it was like, it was really <laughs> funny. 
it was it was really really funny like in the moment because yeah. like my girl always gets a kick at it like whenever anyone recognizes for like, anything yeah but like but like it, to, it happens like, the lady the way yeah 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 the way she was excited and she knew she knew me like she definitely knew me but like sure. she got us mixed up yeah, yeah like it, it just it was funny and it's understandable just talking about now. but it's yeah. a community right and so like that yeah. you know Al, Al, Al Grow had that and i think like i said you guys were sending people pro um ross and i have both been proponents of what tony elliott has done in part because of what he's had to go through in terms of the off the field <sighs> he had the tragedies oh, of of, yeah. of what happened to the team last year um paris johnson that's the scary injury from a couple weeks ago i know that yeah. he's gotten better the you know the updates were good but that was just like again it, it's a team that's gone through We've a had lot a of crazy... emotional the seasons the oh. games it's just been it's been a wild season but i think to to the to the tune of give coaches a chance, let them build something, allow them to grow. Let I I hope Tony Elliott is one of those coaches that has allowed a three four year plan to to see Bro. because it, look not not a bad season all things considered. And if you want, like I've I told Ross, I've watched Yo. all these games. Then the losses are close, a lot of them, and there's Calandria. games where you could win them. Right, and they're like the, the 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 rookie quarterback, uh, freshman quarterback, bro. He was number two in the country this past week. He was number two quarterback rankings this past and week. Oh, buddy, Oregon threw for six touchdowns or whoever threw for freaking whatever. But yeah, yo, he is putting up numbers, and like the way he's having to play, they thought they were gonna redshirt him. They let him play those That's three because games. The he guy went before off. was not yep. doing so good. No, so he they kept had to burn hurt. his redshirt. He kept he uh, kept well. getting hurt. And so, like, they let him rock. Actually, Tony Musket was doing all right. That is Tony Musket. Great name. Yeah. And, like, he knew he only had one year. So, like, everyone's kind of already feeling good knowing this kid is in the back cut. And as much as I was upset, like, yo, like, they're burning this red shirt. And I still think it's kind of funny. At this point, you got to do it. You have to do it because he already did well. And the worst thing you, you have to worry about now with college football is losing him to him the portal. Get, exactly. <laughs> him yeah. getting a little taste you have and everyone's to do seeing it now. how good Correct. how good he is. And then some of these other schools that maybe were above Virginia on his list, if they come and be like, yo, you come start for you us right here. now. Like, yeah. no problem. Yeah. And and we're gonna throw you a million NIL. dollars. <laughs> like yeah. all yeah. that is scary. So no, they like, gotta I do am it. happy. I am happy that um he is getting the shine here, and um, everyone is showing him love. But I think us as fans, Virginia, like when I say us, um, we know we have something special. And and it, as much as I don't want to say it's like like it's on coaching, but the only reason why I want to give Tony Elliott a chance is because he came here for points, and like now, like once, like we we have a steady quarterback, like we're scoring points. That yeah. was always the biggest thing for me. It's like it's not losing. It's yeah. losing the way we were that, losing. That like, it was. You don't yes. go out. Yeah, you don't go out and get a coach like from Clemson, like knowing that Clemson was running it up, scoring thirty to forty points a game, like every single week, and then you get a coach, and we're getting we're we're not only losing, we're not even scoring touchdowns. We're barely yeah. kicking field goals. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't put a put a good taste. And like yes, like for a coach. They probably could do a thirty for thirty about how like like Just what he's overcoming had to, yeah, yes overcoming yes. obstacles yeah. and un like like things that are 
like way off script that you can't even fathom or think about like Which writing like, in the same I just, book. I, I just want to give him the one season yes. removed from that, right? To just have, like you said, just a regular season for like because, of a But it's term. just like but the thing about it is it, it would how how we could how could we get rid of him? Because I think about it like this. If we were to get rid of him right now, as much as like there are some fans and some rumbling saying like, yeah, like just do it. But if you're a coach looking at this job, what does it say about the job? <laughs> like, yeah, damn. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. damn, he had it rough and they still got rid of him. Yeah, like, no, you can't. Be... I think I, I don't think there's any I didn't even know there was you would know, you would hear them better than I would. I didn't even know. I mean, it's I get it. But again, you know some how of these, fans are. Yeah, you yeah. Know how some fans. of these Can't games. College fans, that, that is the one thing that is <laughs> No, they're very as fickle. Much as, very yeah, fickle. as much as college, like I, like we were just talking about, there's no better feeling as a player, but college fans are way, 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 way more it's, out of their minds. It's than part NFL of fans. why, <laughs> it's part of what makes it good, though, is because college fans care so much to the point where a team that is three and eight has fans that care that much all the time still, yeah. no matter what. And some of these losses, again, not to do too much schedule, not bad. Like the, and their schedule is tough. Some of these teams, you look at them. So like, I, there is some reason to hope, like you said, you got a young quarterback. So like, I just hope he gets that chance. Um, you got Virginia tech at home, which is always awesome. Right. So, um, last time like, we won, last time we won, bro. I I ran the flag out and I was there. That's the last time we beat. That's Virginia the last Tech. time, right? Yeah, but yeah. But I think I'm going. I think I'm going to the game um this weekend. We might be Got going it. a little a little bit of green light. Um, okay. Content. Yeah, I was like, guys should do something. Got it. But also too, trying to like we're we're debating might be um it might be Koi um our our daughter's first game. We brought her to a tailgate last week um and. Like we were talking about earlier, the she sleeps in the duna. She loves to, she just gets so comfortable in the duna. So she if actually she's... got to sleep and she was like at the tailgate like with us and we went to tailgate and then we just kind of went home after and watched the game on TV. But um this week, um we just have to figure out the the whole not being able to bring in the the, the, the stroller. stroller. Yeah. Yeah, gotta get well, the back. She's gonna she's gonna be gotta be strapped to Mariah somewhere or, or me. If she's if y'all win, she's the good luck charm. So no, I know right, right. that one. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna get gonna get two I wanna stay on coaching. We talked about you know, you mentioned Jimbo, right? Getting seventy six million dollar buyouts. Last week, me and Ross were just talking about like colleges bidding against no one absolutely no one just bidding against themselves to pay these coaches money that no one else like it's just the agents have had the easiest jobs in the world if you really want to talk about it because the the market is just no one right the market there's no one else that's going to pay Jimbo Fisher all ton of money and then even more money two or three years ago when they did that for any of this there was no need he was at Florida State things weren't going great there uh they felt compelled to to do that. Some of these other schools, some of the buyouts, some of the numbers, if you look at them, the coach of Arkansas, who nobody can name off the top of their head, like nobody, <laughs> even people who love college football, don't nobody know his name. He has like a $16 million buyout if they were to fire him this year, right? And he, or something like that, like something like $16 million total. 
That so, sounds I mean, that sounds reasonable. It, but it also sounds slightly ridiculous when you consider that none of these that all these schools do it every three years. None of them are happy. They all end up firing the next guy looking for yeah. somebody else because, in part, uh, I just feel like a large group of them don't know what they want. And that we talked yeah. about like there's probably schools with three, four, five different booster contingencies now, and so the schools that have just chaos behind the money are never on the same page. Whereas yeah. it might be boring, but like an Oregon who's run by Phil Knight, they're always running smooth. Or like an Iowa who I don't know who's like in charge there, but whoever's in charge there, they might not like it. But Kirk Ferentz ain't going nowhere. Yeah, winning eight games every every year. So are like it's funny, like college coaches and like landing college coaches with schools for schools. It's kind of like wanting like the super, super hot girlfriend or like the model girlfriend. It's just like these schools. But like once you get them, can you handle it? Like you or, say you, this is what you want. Yeah, but like, can you're you, over can it. You can you handle it? it? Or it's like, oh, they just look good, <laughs> but they're dumb. And I can't I can't be around this dumb person for the rest and, of my and life. That's, and, and that's another and that's another thing. Like, can you handle it? And it's also a situation where some schools it's the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It, it, like in the same context, it's just like, just like you're saying, some of these schools, like they, they're, they're, they're quick to scoop up these coaches or they're quick to pay these coaches. And, and a lot of times I feel like it's even, Hey, well, we'll pay them. We'll pay this coach and get him so that this person doesn't get them. That's like, the thing. you know, and it might be that it's not a good, even if it's not a good fit, you you feel like it's gonna work where where time and time again like you're saying it, it, it doesn't and but I think it's more crazy like you're saying that they're okay with the fact that hey if this crashes and burns oh it's only this amount of money that we have to lose well and I some, guess if you some have of these it, some of these schools yes right oil money Texas A and M right now yeah. can afford to make that buyout uh Miami <laughs> and Mario they, and Mario Cristobal's buyout no matter how bad he continues to do with all this amazing recruiting but bad coaching which is another theme like these guys can recruit but they can't coach and like if they just think the job is recruiting then you should just be a recruiter and you guys made the wrong but that's not the, but that's but that's not the big money like what like the only way you can recruit and really get the praise and the money that you want, you just got to become a head coach. <laughs> no, like, you're right. You know what I mean? You're like, right. Like, you're that, right. That's, that's now, really, that's honestly the only way. Some of these recruiting, that, you know, head of recruiting people are very high paid. They're not more high paid than the coach. So you're right. Exactly. If you want to go to the top but, of the but, scale. But, 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 what kind of, but what kind of praise do you get? Like you said, what no, kind you of praise yeah, do you yeah. get? If you're talking about and, praise. And, 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 sure. and if you really, and if you really think about it, the hardest thing to do, like at any level of sports is, is recruiting and, and, and looking at talent and being able to be like, hey, this kid probably missed his window. Or, hey, this kid hasn't even peaked yet. Like, yeah. I think that's the craziest it's thing. A, and like, it's a and skill. the people like, who it's a yeah, it's a crazy it's a skill. skill. And you it's do a- want to get the talent in. Jimbo Fisher is one of these two. He gets the talent in the door, but then why don't you do anything with it? It is a it that is like the, the best coaches. Like, the best coaches do both. Um, I can cape. I want to cape for him a little bit, like. But isn't that there's only so much you can do as a head coach? Like, it's more about if you're recruiting, it's more about getting the people in the door. But it is on you, which like a school can hinder for you sometimes. 
but it's about you also having your your set of of, of coaches and people that maybe necessarily want to get up and move with you where some situations it doesn't happen that way. Some coaches are like, hey, you know what? My family is cool here and the school yeah. is still willing to keep me here. So I'm going to stay. Can I have your graces to stay? And it's not any bad blood. Like sometimes that happens with coaches, but when it does it, I can see, like, like you're saying, I can see how that can be an issue where I'm recruiting the right people, but maybe we don't have the right strength program or maybe we don't have the right, next in line people for the type of guys that I'm recruiting. Yeah. I think some, I, I think it's when I guess I say getting them in the door and then I, I think coaches biggest sins and it's hard from the outside and the people who are closest to these report like beat writers kind of who are inside these locker rooms would have a better idea. So from the outside in, it's sometimes hard to judge coaches. But what I say a lot of times is that they, like you said, trusting the staff putting the right people in position i think a lot of coaches fail at that i think lane kiffin is a great example uh, not lane kiffin i'm sorry um lane kiffin i love <laughs> i was about to say i like no i like lane kiffin but i you know i'm critical of, of every everybody you can get criticism at there but i do like lane kiffin and it's so when i talk about people it's not because i don't like um my man uh, lincoln riley like i think lincoln riley it, he is clearly a gifted at least offensive football mind and I've said to Ross over and over again that his value so far to just get the best quarterback in college football is more valuable than almost any other coaches. Like, despite all his flaws, if you tell me you're going to get the Heisman winning quarterback on this team every year, you yes, come coach here. Uh, but what he might not do as well as other coaches is or hasn't figured out is who do I trust to call defense or who do I trust to maybe call my offense that yes i game plan but on saturdays maybe i need to let other people do certain things or maybe monday through friday i need to let other people do certain things but delegating i think is something coaches struggle with often like control freaks don't like to not being like take their hands off of things sometimes i think that can be a hindrance to some of these coaches um it's funny you say that it's funny you say that because some of these coaches like you're saying (laughs) They, <laughs> their defenses are fucking horrible, bro. There's a, there's a <laughs> like, bunch. like you're saying it. It's really like it's yeah, exactly. It's really it's, like they're they're only getting coached on offense, and it's like, probably harder. It's just like, Let me ask you what you think. Do you think because right now in the NFL, you're we're seeing defenses has caught up to offensive years and years of offensive rule change or rule changes that help offenses. You are finally seeing now. The, the best like four teams minus the Eagles is the three best defenses like the Chiefs, the Niners and um, the Ravens are they're all doing it on defense right now. Their offenses are good too, some of them, but the defense is like so uh, in college, I don't know that it's there yet. And I imagine it's harder to field a better defense than it is now. I feel like as talent gets spread out across all schools because of NIL transfer portals, all these things. I can put together an offense with lesser parts, so to speak, easier than you can with a defense than lesser parts. Because at the end of the day, don't defensively, you kind of just have to have the bodies yeah. at that at a at a certain point that can just eventually we're gonna have to man up. We can't zone the whole day. We can't like yeah. we're gonna have to just have somebody win. And so I just wonder, like, are there more teams who defensively, it's just harder, or they are less concerned about 
building up a good defense. It just how about a defense that's not bad because my offense is going to score 40 points, which is kind of no, like, like Washington is, for example. There's definitely teams that like take that model, that bend don't break model, because that's right. basically what it is. It's just like if you do have a high power offense, but it's not even that. It's just that their defense, like you said, like some of their defenses. The concepts are bad. Is. They're, they're really bad concepts. Yeah, they're not built. They're not built like the right way because it's just like like the teams, like like you're talking like Oregon, like they'll score 60 points, but they'll give up 40. And and it's just like sometimes I'm like baffled by that. Oregon's defense, you're, I mean, you're not wrong. And their defense is one of the what once, I know one of the better still, defenses. Still, it's because they it get is, after the quarterback and they force but that's turnovers. That's mind blowing. To but hear. yes, that's no, I know. Mind blowing <laughs> to hear to me when people say that, and then you go back and you look at the scores that are games. You're just yes. like, wait, what? You're like, yeah. what? They're 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 one of the better defenses. Their their offense plays with the possession game a little bit. Same with Washington, where their offense scores so much that they're just more possessions in these games because yeah. they're scoring like that. And now the defense is back. So, but that's not to make an excuse. It is definitely. It, I, my thing is, I don't know how many good defenses there would actually be because the, all the teams that are said to be good on defense, you'll notice like Iowa. Five of them. Are, Iowa. No, five of they them are always in the Big Ten. I don't think <laughs> Iowa has a good defense. I think Iowa. Why? The, what? They play in the Big Ten. Here's they don't my give thing. Up any points? Because they play in the Big Ten. <laughs> I think if Iowa Stop. had to play all their games against Pac-12 competition or Big 12 or SEC, I don't feel like they could win all these games 9-3. to three. I think it's just – and that's most of the good defense. <laughs> People say Michigan, Ohio State, just so you know my stance on both of those teams. I'm going to say it this week. I'll say it now. Neither of those teams are really that good. Ohio State's probably going to beat Michigan because of Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think either yeah. of those teams are that good either. I think the Big Ten's been pretty trash this year. They're the two best teams in a not-that-good division. I really am excited about expanding the playoffs. But even this year, like, why Washington has to sit and watch Ohio State and Michigan be ranked ahead of them week after week when all they do is keep winning and beating <laughs> higher-ranked teams makes no sense to me. But um, another – so, I mean, before I get off on whatever tangent, I do want to – we talked coaching – I want to hit the Michigan. I have a question for you about Michigan and then about Deion Sanders. I feel like those are the two okay. two biggest things I definitely want to make sure that I hit. Um, the Michigan stuff, it's developing even more, which I'm not surprised by. Last week I called it a half measure, and I said maybe not even half, probably a quarter measure. Uh, Big Ten just ran out there and just had to do – they didn't have to, but they felt like they ran out there and had to do something. And mm -hmm. – they move way too fast, right? Like, obviously, the NCAA moves slow as hell. But the Big Ten just didn't do an investigation. They are just like, uh, three games. Will that make everyone, like, happy? And at first, Michigan was like, no, we don't like this. We might even sue. What we, we're gonna, we don't like this. We're being prosecuted. And then more investigations happen. They got to fire a linebacker coach because he's in interfering with an investigation. There's an Uncle T now in the mix who is a booster who was paying for Connor the Stallion. So Connor the Stallion. Maybe Tom Brady. Maybe All Tom right. Brady. That would be T. hilarious. That would be hilarious. <laughs> if Tom Brady is funding <laughs> Connor T. the Stallion, 
his escapades are funded by Tom Brady would be hilarious. It's it it makes sense, right? You wouldn't call him Tom or anything, but Uncle T. I'm just, you know, so or that... they would say Taylor Taylor Lewan. <laughs> Taylor Lewan, the, the left tackle. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, it's way better if it's Tom Brady. It's more likely to be Taylor Lewan. He more fits the profile of like working with yeah, Connor the Stallion almost, to get this done. Hilarious. But so now that happened, right? More is coming out. It looks like the, there's boosters involved. There's other coaches involved. There's more stuff is going to come out. There was a reason the NFL from the jump said, Harborough, if it's bad, you can't even hide over here, bro. We can't even, we can't help you. I read a story three I don't weeks like, ago. I don't like how that, that's hate. I don't like I how mean, they did that. I mean, I don't, I don't, that, bro, that, I don't that like, means just like, something is going to come out. That means even more is going to come out where it's just like, all right, you are just like, like oh, it's, it's going to be, here's, here's what It I, has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. Like for, that's hate, bro. Here's like, why I think like... they're saying, here's why I think they're saying that. Because they should have said it with Urban Meyer, but they didn't, and they regret it. Because look at how the Urban Meyer still, thing went, that's, and that I feel like the NFL though. is like never again. Anyway, I just want to—I <laughs> want to know, like, if so, it's going to continue. More stuff's going to come out. I think this will all get settled because I've—I already got my three and a half plus Ohio State. I'm going to take that money line too. I already think Ohio State's going to win and end this whole discussion, but. To what role do you think their whole BS persecution complex? Because now, like, it's clear not only did they do it, but that this offensive of we didn't do it was to further cover up all what's going to come out. Do you think the committee... Oh, now they're trying to... They're changing it. Do you think the committee will be human beings? And if Michigan wins, if they win out, do you think... And and there is a case where there are five undefeateds because that could happen. Do you think the committee is a human or has that human side to them and goes, we're not putting Michigan in? Or do they realize Michigan's a moneymaker and they say, we don't care about that? So, so look, the only chance that this might have happened or they're like, maybe like, I would rock with this and think it is if maybe FSU's quarterback didn't get hurt. Like, because FSU is probably going to be the team that, like, if they're gonna go undefeated, they're they're gonna be the team that that's gonna get left out. Like if me, the wait, committee. What if? Because because there's precedent for this. What if Florida yeah. State beats Florida really bad yeah. this weekend and then blows okay with Louis- a new quarterback and and then blows Louisville out in the ACC yeah. championship? I, like I would. I, 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 no, I, I want them in. They gotta go I, in, I, right? I, no, no. I I want. Them but you in, think yes, the committee think, but, would but, look and say? Oh, but even if oh. they look good in two games without him, because my my only thing would be the precedent for that exists with Ohio State when JT Barrett got hurt before the national championship. Yeah. But they blew Wisconsin out in the Big Ten championship, yep. looked really good, and the committee is like, we got to put them in. And then Cardell Jones goes on to win the national championship. So, like, it, yeah. the precedent's almost been set as, like, you still have to give them a shot if they earn it. So I feel like if that happened, you're right. It, if you're, if it's Michigan or them, you think but, but it's going to be but them, what you're right? saying, But to what you're saying, I think that we all can see that college football is turning into like a, a grubby hand money grab, like from all angles. And whether we like it or not, negative or positive, 
Michigan is the team that everyone wants to see. Uh, but like, those are two I big think, brands, though. When you're talking now Florida State or Michigan, who I think gets screwed somehow still in all this is Washington. Because people – I don't know what it is. Like, obviously, they'd have to be Oregon again, at which point how could you screw them again? But they keep putting them at five. And like, I don't know. It'll come yeah. out tomorrow. But I, I, I just feel like Washington's the one that keeps getting disrespected out of all these teams, and I, I don't get that one. Yeah, but I, I also – but the funny thing is the reason why I love college football and the end of the year, and this is a perfect season, like for consecutive weeks, Alabama hasn't been like even a topic. Like they're, they're oh, not they have on really this. They have on about... this podcast. They have on this podcast. You should know. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I was, I, because they, I'm not an they, idiot. They control, so I've been saying they, this they all year. They control their own destiny. I've said it since they right lost now. to Texas, bro. And, and yo, and that's probably like one of the most beautiful things that can happen right now for them is that they they don't have any media on them. But if they went out, they're in. Well, here's here's a nightmare scenario. We talked about it on the last episode. I'll give you this, and then we'll hit the Dion one to wrap. But I'll give you this nightmare scenario, and then I want you to tell me who you think it's in. Florida State wins out. They look good in both games. They win out. Oregon wins out, meaning they beat Washington. So now Washington has one loss. Oregon has avenged their one loss. Right? So they're both. They're both sitting at one loss, or they're both losses to each other. Yep. Alabama wins out, which means Georgia now one loss in an extra game because they went to their conference championship is to Alabama. They both have one loss. Texas wins out; it has one loss. Michigan or Ohio State goes to the Big Ten undefeated because one of them has to take a L. The other one goes and loses to Iowa. They have one loss. Who do the committee put in? Now, some of these games, so how they who look. Does, who, does Georgia, who does Georgia play this week? Georgia this week plays Georgia Tech. Yeah, so like. And they would play Bama yeah, in the there's, championship. There's, yeah, yeah, there's. Unfortunately, when people like, they don't want to hear this, but. Barring them losing this week, Georgia Tech, like, doing something and beating Georgia, Georgia's in. Like, as much as people, like, don't want to hear that, I, I think yeah, even if they I lose agree. to Alabama, all the only thing that's going to happen is going to be Alabama's going to, like, probably sneak in, and Georgia's in. Georgia has not lost a game in, like, two and a half you years. You can't. Like, yeah, so. and it's not – even if you just talk about this year, to me, my argument for that has always been – and we saw it last year with TCU, who lost in the Big 12 championship but still got in mm-hmm. because you should not be punished for playing an extra game. Yes, yes, And yes. a team that isn't playing an extra game because they didn't make their championship gets in over you. So that – so in that scenario where all teams now have one loss – the question, because I told you, or I, I said on this the last week, what I think happens in that scenario, which I think the only reason I don't think this scenario is possible is because it means Iowa has to beat either Ohio State and Michigan, and that I would never pick Iowa to do that. But if that did happen, <laughs> then... They got that defense, bro. I mean, Yo. if it does happen, right? Getting, Ross, Ross is like, cold. it could happen if a quarter... Cold. They play the game inside, though. Um, it's I'm pretty sure it's at the Lions Stadium. If it's not, maybe it's outside, but I think they were Indianapolis, maybe, but it's inside. Which you'd think the Big Ten of, of any conference would play their championship outside in the snow, but 
if they were to do that, to me, my answer is that whoever loses to Iowa is immediately eliminated from the college football playoff <laughs> discussion. So the other four get in. But I could see in a world Wait, where... Wait, who does Iowa play these next... Who do they... Wait, they have... Wait, Iowa's playing Nebraska now. Or... They're playing Nebraska, oh. I think, this week. Um, and even if they lose, they already won the West. So like they're it doesn't matter. Like they're they're gonna be in the championship. So they either beat Ohio State or Michigan or they don't. If they do I seen I seen that, a lot of people talking about what's the what's the scenario? There's a scenario where Texas can sneak in too, right? That's what well, that's this scenario. I say Texas wins out, but here's the problem with Texas, right? Oklahoma keeps like making their lo- the Texas loss look worse because Oklahoma got beat again and they look shaky and some of these. So it's like I feel like Texas is the team that the committee's probably looking at like even though right now you have the best win of the season at Alabama, <laughs> we yeah. still might not put you in the playoff. Like, I don't know. But in that one loss scenario, what I think would happen in everyone loses once what I think would happen. And it's tough now because Jordan Travis part, but let's just assume that. They and then, and then, look good. and then that win looks better if Alabama ends up beating Georgia. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely does. That's why it's just like, it's chaos. So me and Ross are in part, like if you want the most chaotic scenario, you got to root for Oregon to win out, Texas to win out, <laughs> Iowa to upset the winner of Michigan State, Ohio State, the Big Ten, Alabama to beat Georgia, and, Oklahoma to win some games. And, yeah, it <laughs> would help. Be, it helps beat some, Texas beat somebody. <laughs> it helps yeah. Texas if Oklahoma wins, and then you want um, a Florida State to look really good not just win but look really good even with their backup so then it's like are you what are you gonna do what are you gonna do with the undefeated acc champion are you really gonna leave them out even with the backup like that's the most chaos so that's the one that that i kind of these scenarios are these these scenarios are funny because i heard someone they were they were um trying to like bash i think louisville they were like yeah, and Louisville, they lost to a sorry ass Virginia. Pit, team. Yeah, Pit, or, they lost or, to Pittsburgh. Which or or I'm whoever the, it was, we Pittsburgh. beat somebody who they oh, lost yeah, to Pittsburgh, yeah. which is the only I think I'm the only person in the country who I didn't call that win, but what I said I said about Pittsburgh, I said Pittsburgh's only existence is my analogy. I was quite proud of. They are a banana peel on a Mario Kart track that's just there just to fuck up whoever's in first place. Like, it's not... Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's all Pittsburgh is. They are always that team that oh, they're going to call it someone one time and it's going to ruin the, everything. And that's Pittsburgh. That's the or the blue the, the, the Yeah, that, goes, that, seeks, that yeah, the, the one that seeks, But, nah, because that, like, is precise no, and too saying. cool. Pittsburgh is just, like, <laughs> there... They're Oops. not gonna. They're not gonna do anything to anybody else. All you have to do is not hit the banana, but somehow the somebody's gonna yeah, hit them. You hit the banana. So that's Pittsburgh, sure. and and they mess up the ACC picture because of it. So that's the chaos scenario. I want to wrap with Dion. Um, we can. I kind of know your stance on Dion. I. So I mean, just at this point, this was the. This was the part for me that there was two of the most interesting ways that this could play out. The first one was to me the least likely, which was they won 10 games and were top oh, 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that would have been amazing. That was that a was, pipe dream. That was, that, least, was pipe yeah, dream. that was amazing, but that was a very unrealistic. Yeah, that was fueled by the this, first couple of games. Yeah, and I, I and, never and was, I was never like, on hope. it, by the way. Like I never, like, and I, I wanted to see it, <laughs> but in I think in the first two games, I was like, guys, are we all watching this? They are small. Teeny tiny. Yeah. 
very tiny. small. Nothing that can be done about that right now. That's and they're going to get gonna change. beat everyone. Now, that's what I want to ask because two things about Dion. Because this was the other way that if it went, it was going to be interesting to see. If they, Dion has never just been like not winning, and, or it's been a long time since Dion's just consecutively lost a bunch of stuff. How yep. was it going to go? And I'm on the record with two things with Dion. One is that the timeline or the the the, the clock for him at Colorado, it's it was ticking the minute he got there. I never thought he would be at Colorado longer than three years, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's pro or if it's another college job. I know certain, I know Texas A&M is a horrible fit. I know immediately people were like, Dion, the Texas A&M, like, Hell good no. God, do not do that. But I, I, I just don't think it's Colorado is necessarily the end game. And part you of don't? me then, I really don't, because once his kid's gone, and it's Colorado, and you realize you can do whatever you do. What you just did at Colorado, which is bring a $30 million a weekend economy to a town that was irrelevant college football-wise for the last however long. If you could do that there, you can bring that anywhere, and you will have that same impact. My question about him is... Does his recruiting style or just coaching style or just his style in general, the Dion style, which is I'm going to write the checks with my mouth and then I'm going to cash them because he's gotten to do that his whole career. As a coach, it's the first time that you yourself can't actually cash the checks. you got to rely on your players to do it. And I have a weird theory that you could completely say, no, I don't agree with at all, that his coaching style and that approach does not appeal well to offensive linemen who are not that way. The offensive lineman stereotype is not the loud talkative. It's the quiet because they've been big their whole life. They don't really have to, not that they don't have personalities, but are they the ones that like to tell you about what they're going to do or they just do it and then tell you about it afterward, which is kind of, again, an archetype stereotype that i'm making but i just wonder about can he the thing you need for here's what i do now forget that theory you need time to build an offensive line right you can't just portal it you the the best o lines play together grow together the most snaps that continuity like you got to grow that so i just wonder will he give it time be at colorado long enough get a class in the door that you grow for two three years at that same spot or does he pick up and move too quickly to go somewhere else for that to, to kind of, then he has to reset that part where you might get better O-Lyman, but will you still yeah. have that continuity problem? Well, I think if Dion's going to move, like he's only going to move up and like, he's for only sure. going to move up to like, you know what I mean? Like, if, Which is like, why not if, if it coincides, like not saying this is going to happen, but I'm saying like Dion's going to be looking at shit like, yo, if, if, um, um, Nick Saban, say That's if he said. was going to like, That's you know what I'm what saying? Said. If yep. he, if he, if he said in the next couple of years that he was going to be done, whatever like that, I could see that be a place that like you, you can think about going and like this plugging Dion in and there. And then like you're saying, 
you don't have to worry about having the guys. It's just about the personality, getting these guys to play for you and getting the coordinators and, and things like that. But for him, like for him right now, do I think that like you're saying with the offensive alignment, I, I, I think, I don't think that's really an issue. And I think it's about him finding that that that's the beauty about what he's doing. What, what Dion is kind of doing that other coaches aren't doing and maybe they'll get with the program. He's actually very vocal. He's very vocal. And so like the things that you're saying, if you're a parent or if you're a kid thinking about going there, you're going to know before you even like go on visit. Like, I don't like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? No, he lets and you so know. Yeah. He is, he is up front. Exactly. And that's why I've never criticized like kind of whatever he said, press conference. Cause it's all better. players out or whatever, yeah. but like, he, you know where you stand with Dion. It's actually, it's actually a great thing because, <laughs> because, because as college, like what you, what you have to realize, there's coaches and there's organizations that they get kids, so other schools can't get them, and mm-hmm. they know that kids realistically they have no chance of playing unless the two or three guys in front of you tragically get hurt or they end up leaving or they don't end up being eligible for school and you get a chance to showcase yourself and you do well but like there's a lot of schools that are like that and but we what we can see is prime isn't like that he's letting guys know like hey this is my plan for you like if if you do this if you do these steps and and you're and you're doing well enough this is my plan for you this is where i'm plugging you in this is where you're going to compete for playing time this is where like you're not going to compete yeah, for playing he ranks, time he ranks and to kind kids, of knowing so yeah you know he's ranking yeah, exactly the <laughs> so for you to know that as harsh as that may seem that's one of those things again that goes to the style of coaching as harsh as it may seem, but if any of these situations come up you're in understanding of what's going on next. Like, because it's already been explained to you. Like, yo, if I do this, then I'm going to get to start or I'm going to get to play. If I do this, then I'm going to get to do this. Or if I don't do this, then this freshman is probably going to take my spot because the coach already told me, hey, if you don't do this, this freshman is going to take your spot. (laughs) So it's, it's one of those things where I don't think, like, it's about rubbing people the wrong way. It's about if you're buying into the hype, just know, like, he's a coach that that's how he's coaching. And like he said, this is how I'm coming. This is how we're – like, he has all these phrases. Like, that's the one thing. I, I like that that's his tone and that's what he's bringing with those kids. And it's you as a kid to understand that and and and, and to either agree with it or figure something else out. And yeah. that and, – and, and, and to say that's what kids are doing because they, they've, they've – they, it's maybe gone on the radar, but they, they, they still have kids who are transferring out. Uh, who maybe thought they can they can like deal with the Dion way and the way he's doing it and maybe later fit, realize that hey maybe this isn't the fit for me which is fine and that's and that's the one thing that's hard about coach change like in college or at, at any level but it, it, you have to figure out what's good for you and there's some guys it doesn't matter you just want to play ball you fit in anywhere you work hard and things will just figure themselves out but for some people like you're saying like mentally like if it's not matching up that'll affect you physically and you doing things the right way and and it it, it, only time will tell but I I do think that the way Dion is recruiting and he's putting himself out there I think that a lot of parents and a lot of kids in this age coming up they like that 
And yeah, they no, want that I, feeling like, I, hey, I, hey, like, like, you know what I'm saying? As a parent, hey, you're going to go here and you're going to work hard and you're going to play under Dion. I think and he if he will, says you need to sit, you need yeah, to sit. No, if he I, thinks you're ready to play, you'll play. To and be then, clear, but, but wait, wait, before you jump yeah, in, the one yeah. thing that I think that puts him different from anyone else, and I would be interested to see if this ever happened, is the fact that he's really letting someone play both ways. And he's showing that, yo, hey, if you come here and you're good enough, to play both ways, I'll let you do that. And like and I'll yeah, let you earn I mean, that, which I, which I think is the I don't know big, how many big, Travis, big factor. That's no I, me yeah, to be clear, I don't know how many Travis Hunters are gonna be, but to be clear, I don't think he's gonna struggle getting recruits. I think he will get plenty of skill position players. I, I would time yeah. will tell about all this. I think the line part is the part that I really focus in on. I think it's clear that he will not struggle to get receivers, cornerbacks. Uh, quarterbacks, running back. I think, well, maybe running backs because they will look at that offensive line and go, "Why would I? Why would I want to do that?" Um, I think it's fair to to ask or see how he evolves his coaching style, uh, X's and O's wise. Not even kind of the approach because I think the fair, most fair criticism of this year, other than kind of not the uncertainty with the OC situation, was. And it's kind of related to that, but like, okay, we get it. You want better linemen. Most schools that don't have good linemen do. How are you going to adjust now with what you have with how you're calling offense? Are you going to spread it out more? You're already pretty spread out. Are we going to eliminate read options? Are we going to, you know, like, are we going to, we can't really run it downhill. So do we need to go out of shotgun? We need to try off tackle stuff. Do we need more quick screen? Like just the X is an O part of adjusting to what you don't have because he will get recruits, but at the, you know, it's Colorado, right? At the Colorado level, there's always going to be a ceiling unless he does something that, you know, hasn't been done in Colorado since like the 90s, right? There's going to be a, a, a ceiling on that. So I just want to see that, like adjusting to what you have, coaching around that. I want to see the offensive line. Like that's obviously anybody who watched, that's what they need, the number one thing to address and D-line. So I'm going to watch that this oh, offseason. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, yes, he is a unique person that for, we, we said that a whole bunch of people are going to root for to fail for all the wrong reasons. Um, people are going to make disingenuous arguments about him that they don't make about other coaches. So in a large part, like we can't even use him as a comp for anybody else <laughs> because there is no other Dion, right? Dion is one of one and. In every sense, it's so. funny how like this media is, and I don't want to say it's a black and white thing, but it's. I mean, it is with him. Thing. The loud, like the loud black because... man as head coach has never existed in this way before. Like Dion because as loud black athlete remember... was <laughs> one thing. Do you were... No, a herald, but loud, but, but, but loud, right? But loud and brash but, and tough. But like, I laugh because one thing, but as coach, that's we've never seen that before as a football. Coach. It was in a frenzy, but like we get everyone gets in a frenzy because this is just what what you call it, did as a parent, Lavar, Lavar Ball, <laughs> like had the media in a frenzy for like a short period of time, and all he was doing was rooting for his kids and like. Look like that's all Dion. Yeah, Dion was just hyping going. up his just, just hyping up his yo, program he's, he's, and mostly he's just hyping his up his program. Yeah, the and biggest it's just like everyone <laughs> it was so just like bent out of shape and and just like you're saying, it's crazy that as a coach or as a father or whatever that people just because you do 
or you root a certain way, when things aren't going maybe the right way, everyone's just like, ah, like, yes. And it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird thing for, for people. People were like, rooted to, for him to fail. It, it, yeah. We like, know that. It, and, and like some for bad reasons, some just to, to it's just hate, odd. Like some from jealousy, because maybe they would want what he is bringing to that program to have been at their program. But he's um, helping that program now. No, I know. Right and now, that, like, you know like, what I'm saying? He, I think Colorado's in the one thing, late right the now. one thing oh. we have said, eh, well, maybe not now, but maybe next year they will be. <laughs> the one thing we have said <laughs> about um, Dion is that the way, look, the, it does seem genuine that he does care about them as people and young men off the field. So when we yep. put that in that box, which is, the more important thing really like it that definitely does seem genuine the criticism seems to be mostly about how he treats them as football players which like i'm less concerned about you know feelings in that manner because i think as it prepares them more for life as again yes as men and then and then also too it treats them in a way that you know you can hear they have all their stuff online and social media yeah some people might not like the way they're coached but what they have to realize is Dion's given us way more access than you'll get with any other team and a lot of other franchises the, and things like that. that. And yeah, and a lot of that shit, like in a lot of locker room talk and stuff like that that happens with coaches and teams, a lot of people w- won't like. Like if you really got the inside of teams and what coaches say when they're fucking pissed off or things things are happening, like. People, the you Brittany, don't, don't want to hear that. The Brittany Renner thing. When he brought Brittany Renner in to speak to the Jackson State yep. team, people were like, why would you do that? And I was like, why don't, why doesn't, know, everyone, know, why doesn't everyone, why doesn't everyone do that is what I remember Know your thinking. players. We we hear about coaches <laughs> and, 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 and guys and professional athletes getting caught up with certain types of girls. Yep. Why not bring in one of those girls? Now, it's wild that Brittany Renner was like, oh, I'll do that. Like, I'm that girl. That's yeah. wild for her. But like, for him yeah, and that. Life lesson. Like he was again a life lesson at Jackson State. Like he, he there's definitely the, the the human and raising of young men element of this that is why I don't think he will has a desire to go pro. Right. If that's yes. ever like a conversation no, like because so. then you lose that aspect of it. And I don't think Dion is has time to try and go back and forth with these other pros who are not Dion. Like I'm if like I just think Dion would have no patience for that because they would be pros and he's like y'all are supposed to be on my level whereas he realizes with the young men i'm trying to bring them up and raise so like i i that is why I'm, i root for him football record aside i want to see whether it's colorado that's also why i have no allegiance to colorado because i know he could go wherever whenever um, I believe it would be college, but it's hard to say. Like, there's no real job that right now I look at that makes sense for him to go anywhere. So I'm not UBA, saying right now. You, yeah, no, like I said, that makes sense for him to go anywhere. But there are, uh, there will the landscape will change. I just don't think he will be a Colorado for the long run, just because it's Colorado. But I could be wrong on that. Last thing on them, we'll wrap on this: the recruits. From UCLA were the ones oh. who stole the jewelry. How wild oh. is that on a recruiting visit to like I've heard I, I could tell some wild recruiting visit Yo, exactly. stories. Like but I, I that say it all the time. Is like, wild. I, I don't want to be a person to make it seem like that the the skeletons, like maybe in my not necessarily skeletons, but some of the crazy stuff that like we've done 
I've together heard some or we've been apart cra- yes, I've heard some of... crazy stories on recruiting visits too. That exactly and, and, some, and some of the things <laughs> that 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 can be done, but yeah, that that takes the cake. And then for those kids, honestly, honestly, for Coach Prime to show grace that he did and even mm. like get into it and like make it a point to tell like, hey, these kids should not be crucified for a mistake. Like, yes, it was very, 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 very dumb, but these kids, their lives, they shouldn't be ruined. And we all know that this is something that if it it, it took a bad turn and it got bad press, but if they maybe don't respond the way that he's doing and he probably tells his guys, hey, it's over with. Don't talk about it with the media. We got, we got your money back. We got your chains back. It, it, it's whatever. Let's forget about it. Like maybe if it is something that's still stirring up and they're still talking about it and, and they're still trying to get – get action taken by UCLA, this is going a different way where we still don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but just the optics of it, of him showing grace and saying that, I think that, that again, that type of stuff, I think he does that often. He's done it. It's the second time he did it. He did it with uh, Blackburn, the safety from Colorado state who wouldn't, he was receiving ridiculous death threats about that hit to Travis Hunter. Um, he was like, whoa, 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 we're not. Yeah, like, he was like, that's we're not going to go that far. Like, that's that's crazy. Yeah. That shouldn't be happening. And so Dion handled that situation you, really well, too. To what you're saying, that stuff, too, helps for recruiting also. Because there's parents and there's people out there that they either, whether in a good way or a bad way, they either feel like, hey, no, those kids should be in trouble, and I don't like that. <laughs> like, if my kid got stuff stolen, they should be prosecuted, blah, blah. But on the other hand, there's people that's like, you know what? That's a coach where I want to send, like, my my kid, if, at the very least, if football doesn't work out, I know my son is going to leave that team with some morals and maybe yeah. some life lessons yeah. that if football doesn't work out, that he'll still he'll, he'll still have some 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 tips and trades to take yeah. from being you, in the locker you, room or being around a coach exactly. for that long that, yes. that, that it'll, it'll end up working out. Yeah, he, uh, again, I think he will have a greater impact maybe outside of the actual what happens on the field from uh like you said access standpoint social media viral recruiting approach like i think he might i think i hope he wakes some of the other coaches up or that we just see an influx of some of the newer younger coaches that want to coach that have different approaches like i hope that that is the pattern that we get for this um but yeah, just steal, stealing the jewelry at the uh, recruiting trip is the craziest. That that's that takes the cake. I agree. Shouldn't have your life ruined. Second chance. But you're definitely not gonna play at UCLA. You're probably not gonna play in the conference. You might have to go somewhere else for a little bit once people find out you did. Well, Wouldn't it be the story of the century if one of those kids is good enough and Prime recruits him? Goes to Colorado. <laughs> the redemption story. Yeah. He's like, but actually, get... I, below, I like below, I like that below. you were thinking how you were thinking about it. When you really think about it, <laughs> you knew they weren't gonna be there. The only thing you guys didn't think about was that there's cameras everywhere because it's 2023. But but knowing if they came to Colorado and knowing Prime's um his his standard. They're probably gonna have to fight. I would, I would make them fight. Oh yeah, you know? record it. You will record it. <laughs> they will take a a record. They will analyze the film. I forgot he's fighting at practice too. Um, which again, he just pulled the curtain down on. Now you look. You shouldn't have like that many fights in a week this no, late no. in the season. 
But like he is like. But not, no, 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 no. When you're losing, when you're losing, yes, fights, that's why. You know, it's probably yeah, yeah, the. Actually, it's yeah, probably yeah. yes, and, like yes. And that, get that. It out, and sometimes, and sometimes <laughs> with teams, like you said, like we said, if if guys keep getting shit wrong in practice, and his son keeps do... getting his son keeps getting hit because the O line can't protect. Yeah, no, there's probably some fighting. Yeah, no, that is true. Usually, yes, usually you get your fighting out early, but it's usually one unit is carrying the other team and is tired of it and like that's usually where the fights are going to come like stop somebody or score a damn point type fights but yeah this one's probably just we are not we were everything was good and we had won a game in quite some time um all right well i mean that i have other stuff but i i I don't i don't want to i don't want to go yeah my light my light all my stuff is turning off over here my battery's dying like i got everything running off this big brick battery perfect perfect time man (laughs) Uh, prediction prediction obviously you got uga this weekend um who you, I, I'm taking Ohio State, not just because cheaters never prosper, but I think they're just a little bit better, even though it's on the road. Who, who you got this weekend? Oh, as of late, as of late, I got to go with um, Ohio State. Michigan, this whole just we're just going to run the ball. Like, that shit is not like – and I don't yeah. – is their quarterback hurt or they no, just – No, J.J. McCarthy, like, who don't... somehow people wanted to give a Heisman Trophy, he's just not good. So, no, I, I – Like, yeah. that's not that's not an excuse. You just, like, when your head coach leaves, like, you just don't change the whole entire offense to running. Like, no, 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 no. I, I don't want to believe that. Like, he hasn't thrown more I don't than, either. like, 15, 20 passes. Like, and that's so maybe he's hurt, hurt and they're just not telling us. But I also yeah, don't – I wouldn't put it past them that they just have gotten up in these games and been like uh, – if you've seen him throw, he is throwing, like, somebody who's hurt. But also, J.J. McCarthy's not very good. But he is throwing – like, he was trying to throw, like, a five- or seven-yard out. Um in the, not Penn State, but in the last game, uh, in the Rutgers game, it was just like, ugh. It looked terrible to the point where your theory is better than mine, which is they realize he stinked and stopped calling passes. It's more likely he's hurt. <laughs> so I hope if that's the case, definitely go on Ohio State money line. Uh, um, I don't even know what the line is for – Three and a half Virginia right now. Uh, that well, – I, I can give you that one quickly. Um, it's Virginia Tech – uh, minus three, not bad. Oh, that's all. You know, on the well, road, so that's. How about I'm moving? How about I'm feeling frisky and I'm move, moving move the line, line Virginia the line. minus six point five because it, my boy Calandria, he is ready to go. Our this wide receiver we have, bro, the 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 kid, um, Malik Washington. Malik Washington, bro, he's having a hell bro, of a season. He broke. He broke ninety six catches, thirteen hundred yards. Yeah, <laughs> bro, no, he's having a hell of a season. Crazy. Um, He's going ham. The line opened at two and a half, moves to three. So we're three now, over under 51 and a half, going under that. Going under that. I think you, if you guys are going to win, it needs to be a low scoring one. Are you, are you trying to? No, I haven't, no, I haven't watched, let it fly. I haven't I think, watched Virginia I think, Tech play much. I, I watched them run yeah, out true. to enter Sandman, and then I, all right, who else is playing? Because I don't want to watch them actually play. Uh, South Carolina like won up them though, because South Carolina just like they did the interesting man live, yo. This past yeah, they did Daru, didn't they? They had a Daru concert. I thought was it, but yeah, it was, but they, it was they, Sandstorm. They did, they did, Sandstorm. Oh, Sandstorm. Yeah, Sandstorm. Sandstorm. They did Sandstorm yeah, live. Different. Yes, that's the Daru, and yeah. then Sandman is the Metallica. Which I know you went to UVA, but 
for my money. Oh, that, that is shit. The, that Everyone is the best intro. It is the best yeah, intro. Yeah, I know. It's, it's cool. It's cool. But, I, I hate admitting it. I, yeah, it I is pretty electric and cool, but right, it's well, still Wahoo Wah, guys. I Rivalry think they could, they could get it. So we're, we're rooting for the Who's on this podcast. We were a big JMU pod. We're a big Sunbelt pod. Big JMU pod. So it was a tough week last week, although... I, I haven't told Ooh. Ross. I haven't told Ross yet, but this is the one week I bet. I bet on JMU every week and made money every week. I bet on App State this week. I kind of knew this one was coming. App State's been running the Sun Belt. <laughs> App State's been running the Sun Belt for a while. And I also just felt like, you know what's going to happen? They're going to make all this noise and, and double sue the NCAA. Oh, and then they're going to lose. Yeah. I kind of just felt <laughs> NCAA, like NCAA feeling so like, good. Like, look at right. that. Well, we like, don't have to worry about that. that for another year. I'm like, God, <laughs> such bull. I'm mad because like they should have gotten a shot. But it's just like, they're like, all right, no, that's off our desk. Another another problem done so yeah but um, they talk so much trash about the ncaa and the span week college game day pft yeah. they all i just kind of saw it coming i was like no this has been our little secret now the whole world is here i'm like nah, that's I, I just didn't have the feeling so i kind of I hated to see it, but I did prosper off of it. So it is what it is. It's hilarious. Um, all right. Well, thank you for coming through, bro. We will oh, definitely appreciate um, you having me on, bro. Definitely have you come we'll have through. To, yeah, we'll have again. to do it again. We'll have to work it out. Um, get, yeah, we'll get Ross back. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll go during bowl season. We're going to actually – maybe we could get you to do this. We're, we might do a draft where once all the bowl games come out, we're going to draft teams and then keep a point system for, like, wins and – point covers probably like wins and then if they cover the spread you get bonus points so we're just gonna do like a you draft however many bowl games there are we'll just do a, a three-person draft of each uh team and do a point system so if we could get you for that we might do that all right we're, we're just keep cool. me posted we definitely can figure it out all right cool. all right brother Appreciate you, bro.